Hi, listeners. Dr. Amy Horneman here, aka The Thyroid Fixer and host of The Thyroid Fixer podcast. I'm here to tell you about my experience working with Rachel Varga one-on-one with my skin. I am a self-proclaimed anti-aging skincare addict, and I have spent thousands of dollars on the wrong skincare, always falling prey to those ads that promise to reduce your wrinkles and smooth your fine lines. Working with Rachel, I'm telling you, she is a guide. She takes your hand. She personalizes your entire skincare regimen, really looking at your skin and how it is and what your goals are. She listens to you. And that's the most important part of this journey. It's unlike anything I have ever experienced. In fact, there's nothing out there like it. Rachel is an angel in this world. She will absolutely transform your skin You will reach your goals of skincare, whether it's reducing wrinkles or clearing up acne or just looking good on camera. That's what I need. So head over to rachelvarga.ca and book your one-on-one consult with her. You will not regret it. It will be the best thing that you do for your skin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm thrilled to have you join me today. We're going to talk about something really neat today. We are going to learn about, you know, how to be healthy successfully with Dr. Megan Walker. She's also the host of the Anthropology podcast, and she had me on her show, and she is definitely someone to watch. And if you're new here, my name is Rachel Varga. I'm a board-certified aesthetic nurse specialist, and I love helping people navigate aging and possibly well with at-home options and also in-clinic options. So if you have any questions, just send me an email, info at rachelvarga.ca, and I'm happy to uh, serve you as best I can. And also don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell notification if you're tuning in on Facebook or YouTube so that you know when I go live. And if you're catching us on the podcast, leave us a review, let us know what you'd like to learn more about. And don't be a stranger, really chime in on the uh, in the comment section, some questions that you have for Dr. Megan Walker and I, we are here taking questions live. It's all very exciting. So before we bring Dr. Megan Walker on screen here, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her. So Megan Walker is a naturopathic doctor. She is primarily focusing in online work right now and also an anthropologist focusing on the health optimization for entrepreneurs and game changers. As an entrepreneur, Megan started and sold her first business while in university and is a co-founder and past CEO of the digital health media startup. Bright Almond. Megan founded and sold her first clinic, the Integrative Health Institute, after graduation from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine and went on and found and then sold her second micro practice, Anthropology Performance Labs. She is currently the host of the Anthropology Podcast, which I love. And like I said before, I've been on as well, so check it out. And also the CEO of Anthropology Labs, co-founder of Health Hives and the creator of the women's performance supplement line, Badass Fuel, and chief cheerleader at Clinician Business Labs, which is a platform to assist clinicians scale and amplify their businesses. Megan is an award-winning speaker, having spoken on international stages and through multiple media outlets on topics related to women's performance, medicine, brain health, and entrepreneurship. Megan is the host and the producer of the annual Entrepreneurship Conference 
impact lives and most importantly, the bedtime story reader to her three young girls. You can learn about Dr. Megan Walker at go.anthropologyperformancelabs.com. And she also has a mini masterclass called The Pursuit of Purpose that I recommend you all check out. So let's bring Megan onto the show live here. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for this discussion. Yeah, we're going to talk about all things, how to be healthy successfully. That was kind of my spin on the topic here. All things healthy. We're going to do all the things. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Rachel. So as you mentioned, I'm a naturopathic doctor by background. I call myself an anthropologist um, because I'm what I'm really super passionate about is the intersection of uh, business and entrepreneurship, uh, personal development and health. So in essence, high performance. And um, this has really sort of been my lifelong journey. I, I sold my first business when I was still in university and I was like, oh my gosh, what is this thing where I can just create stuff and earn an income? Like it was it was unbelievable. So, you know, I got fired from my very first job and uh, just thought, okay, well, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. And uh, I'm absolutely and completely unemployable at this point in my life. Uh, But the common thread through everything that uh, I have ever really created has really been about understanding and addressing the root cause of a problem. And that's why I was drawn to naturopathic medicine. So I had the pleasure of practicing as a naturopathic doctor for 12 years, focusing almost exclusively on health optimization for entrepreneurs. And as you mentioned, now hanging out uh, almost exclusively in the online space. And what I'm really super interested in, both from a clinical perspective, but then also the coaching and speaking work that I do, is the influence that identifying a sense of purpose has within your life and your health. And so, you know, there's so many things that we can do to address our health. But one of the things I got really curious about in my own clinical practice was, how is it that some people get well and some people don't? And how is it that some people recover quickly, despite having really similar lab work and really similar profiles, and other people don't? And and it took me a long time to start to unpack it. We interviewed almost 3,000 patients. And what we realized is that there's always common threads when you common thread. look at the themes. Yeah. Yeah. And the common thread is purpose. So this has really become sort Sorry, of. Sorry, what was the common thread? I want you to repeat Purpose. That. Purpose. purpose. The people identified as having a sense of purpose mm. in, their, um, in their health and in their life. And it drove everything that they did. So we can certainly unpack that. But it's become a huge focus of the work um, that I do now. And uh, like you said, I've got three young girls at home. So. Um, building businesses sort of become a a family affair, as it were. Absolutely. So you found your purpose in serving and helping others in innovative ways. And by the way, summits, would you also agree, are the future of getting reliable health information from reliable health experts? Absolutely. I mean, I say this to practitioners all the time. You don't help more people by lowering your fees. You help more people by innovating your offering. And summits are a great example of an innovative way of being able to, one, reach lots of people and two, have really in-depth conversations about specific topics. So, you know, there's there's so many examples around how that uh, how that can start to happen. But we're really at a, a really interesting uh, time period in the spectrum of health and entrepreneurship, it's a it's a really pivotal time because we've just come out of 2020 and 2020 just like it just messed the playroom up as it were, and we're not putting it back together the same way. And so, while everything is the closets are all empty and everything's strewn all over the floor, this is tremendous capacity 
to lend innovation to how we approach our health, our businesses, whatever, whatever our work happens to be in the world. I think you actually said that quite eloquently and, you know, a disaster of the playroom, but there's also been some opportunities for growth and self-discovery in our little narcissistic bubbles. And I did a really great interview with Leslie Miranda. She's a psychotherapist I've had on the show a number of times and how we can really take advantage of the time for self-reflection and unpack our purpose, which is the question I want to ask you. So why is finding and living our purpose so critical to health? It's a super great question. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is it gives us a why and not a why like we have in our business, right? We're like, our mission is this. I'm talking about a deep, intrinsic, self-serving, self-acknowledging, self-worth honoring why for our own life. And, you know, notwithstanding any spiritual realm with respect to this, although that's a really interesting component of it as well, I really feel like we each have something that we can contribute. And the journey to discover that, the journey to acknowledge that, that's the first part of the self-worth piece, which just lends itself to wanting to engage in self-care. But when people identify as having a sense of purpose within their life, suddenly their health is the thing that fuels that. And so the reason for engagement in health and self-care and healthy practices has a whole different layer of meaning. So it's not about, am I going to fit in the bikini come summertime? It's about, oh, I have work to do in this world and I need my body and my health performing so that I can engage in it. It's an entirely different level of consciousness that we bring to the table. Notwithstanding that, the research around individuals who identify as having a sense of purpose in terms of recovery and outcome and disease mitigation is compelling. So whether we're talking about neurological disease and lack of progress that we see in neurological disorders when an individual identifies as purpose, reduced risk of stroke, cardiovascular disease, cancer recovery, reduced cancer risk, increased longevity, all of these things are associated with identifying as having a sense of purpose in your life. So it has this omnipotent effect physiologically within your um, within your body. Um, but I think the I think the root cause of that is is um, is quite deep. Mm-hmm. That was a, a beautiful answer to that question. So let's get a little bit personal here. You've worked with you know, tons of entrepreneurs, highly successful individuals, helping them optimize their health. So how do you personally go about finding your purpose? For example, you know, what lights you up? Yeah, well, you know, the process I use for other people is different than I use for myself at this point, because I reverse engineered it in essence. Um, but, you know, I think f- for anybody, a, a starting point actually required an acknowledgement of self-worth. So it's really hard. I remember when I was a teenager and we used to get, remember we could order like music. I can't remember what's called Columbia music, whatever. You're like, you're way too young for this. So you could order music and they would send you CDs. I actually remember that. No, I do. I remember this. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like the first recurring membership thing. So they would send you these CDs and I promise I'm going somewhere with this. But I remember when I signed up for that, I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up for like rock, like hardcore rock. That was music that I wanted. I hated that music. I absolutely hated it. Wait a second. I want you to profane. Let us know. Good thing I can talk right now. <laughs> what is hard rock to you? Because I've grown up playing electric guitar since I was ten years old. So okay, possibly. so it was like Metallica, and it was like it was like 
I'm going to call it dark rock because I'm so not acclimatized to musical language. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted like top 40 songs. And you know what's really crazy though? Metallic actually is a really great song called um, Nothing Else Matters. And I've actually uh, learned a rendition of it on my guitar. If you listen to the words, it's actually quite a lovely song. So some tonalities, I think what you might be getting at is when you're listening to certain songs, the tones could elicit a certain response. So I'll listen to something or like Pantera Cemetery Gates. I love that song. Right. And then my husband's like, you got to turn that off. It just totally wrecks my mood. Isn't that fascinating? It's, it is fascinating. And I'm still like that. There's like sound is something that really affects me, but I picked this genre because I thought it was like the cool genre to like when what I really wanted was like top 40 music, but I didn't pick that. I picked this like alter ego identity. And what happened was I just stopped opening the CDs and my, like my parents were mad because they were accumulating these monthly bills. And I was like, I don't know how to stop this thing. And I just kept, it just kept going. And I was like, when do I, when am I going to start like acknowledging what I really want, despite the fact that it's not necessarily the cool thing to order. And so I remember this so distinctly because I was like, I have this literal visual representation of something that I engaged in and was purchasing, but didn't want because I wasn't really, I didn't feel comfortable acknowledging who I was and what I was going to go after. And I still remember that in terms of of being this visual representation of self-worth. And, you know, when I finally was at a place where I'm like, okay, listen, like I'm quite happy listening to my top 40 and my whatever else. And that makes me happy. Um, I was like, okay, great. There's a, there's an inner piece that accompanies this acknowledgement of who you really are. And what I was finding is that every time I'd be at a junction in my life where I was picking the junction, cause I thought it pleased my parents or it was the cool thing to do or everyone else was doing it. I was just unsettled. And when I picked the path that was like in alignment with my skill set and my passion and my capacity to engage in a flow state, I was like, I was, I had inner peace. I had joy. I had this like abundance of energy. So for, for me, I know that I'm in alignment with purpose when I, when I can tap into that, into that place. Like it, it's a, it's a physiological response to being on the right path. I still get nervous. I still get outside my comfort zone. I still have stuff I don't want to do. It's it's none of those things, but I know that those are serving that broader piece. And the more I hung out in that space, the more clarity I had around my unique capacity to contribute. So it all started with my Columbia record subscription. It's actually very timely because I, you know, over the last little while got back into playing guitar again. And so I do a lot of like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Mood, uh, dark side of the moon, sorry, uh, picking, and it's very uh, technical. And that's actually what gets me into the flow state. So it's amazing. It's going to be so different for everybody, but find something that you have that creative outlet, because when you're more in that space, it's, it's very, uh, it's definitely better than just trying to entertain yourself with scrolling your social media, and then completely losing yourself and your purpose in other people's realities and distortions. Yeah, absolutely. And your purpose is uniquely yours. You're not going to learn it in school. No one's going to give it to you. Your parents can't tell you what it is. It's not your kids. This is my favorite. People are like, my kids are my purpose. I'm like, oh, yes. let's unpack that because they are not. So mm-hmm. there's these distractions around us. It's like we're in this big video game and there's all these things that are going to kind of lure you. And that's why really knowing what it feels like for you to be an acknowledgement of your true self is such a vital It's such a vital skill and I wish it upon everyone. It's interesting that you 
put that lens on, you know, we have something and then we put it on our children. And I'm reading a book right now. It's called Owning Your Shadow. And it's talking about shadow work. This is from the work of Carl Jung. And uh, this is something when you hear people talking about they're doing deep inner work, it's typically referring to shadow work. And that was actually something that I just read is, Unfortunately, some of us, we put our own shadow on other individuals. So we got to keep that in check and understand our shadow and acknowledge those sides of ourselves. Yeah, for sure. And we lived in the, we live in a privileged time where this type of information and these types of conversations are so accessible. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I totally got this from my parents. I'm like, they didn't grow up with the Huffington Post and Medium and podcasts and Instagram, where every 10 seconds, there's some sort of parenting inspiration, a new expert that they could follow. So we really are in a, in a really compelling and interesting time when it comes to being able to accelerate that self-work. Absolutely. And Taylor, thanks so much for tuning in live. Taylor says that makes sense. An inner knowing of your own direction She's, she says she's learning this too. And she wishes she was taught this in her adolescence. Totally. Yeah, I know the things we most need, we just don't learn in school, right? Mm-hmm. Managing your health, managing your finances, your inner work. The only thing that I really want to add here is we need to make time for us to understand our purpose and our mission. And we're only going to understand that by taking the time to allow for that space and get in that flow state where we can actually investigate that. And that's the inner work. And it definitely is. uh, I've seen a lot of people. Um, so you mentioned you work with a subset of clients and you've noticed commonalities. This is what I've noticed is highly functioning individuals who are truly radiant from the inside out, have these cultivated body, mind, spirit practices. So what are you, some of your favorite body, mind, spirit and energy alignment practices? And also what are some of the common practices you're seeing in your clients that you work with? Yeah, so I I love this question. And I agree with you, the time piece is, is critical. It's the second step when we talk about finding purpose, acknowledging self worth and creating and cultivating that time. Um, For me, personally, I do really well in a in a meditative state when I'm moving. And so creating the time and space to be able to move is something that is absolutely instrumental to my success in this work. So whether that is jumping on my Peloton or getting on my real bike out in nature, like moving daily is part of my routine. I have a really uh, committed morning routine. I can shrink it, I can expand it, but I really like to go through a series of rituals. Most mornings I've got three kids. So I just want to, I want to acknowledge the fact that chaos happens and you can deviate from your plan. Um, But I really try to make that commitment to myself. I get up when it's quiet. I sit and I answer some very distinct questions in my journal. It takes me five minutes. I'm not there for five hours. Um, I'll stand in front of my red light therapy, or I will go and do a Pilates class for 15 or 20 minutes before I get the kids up. But I will do something deliberate um, with respect to uh, with respect to my body and my health. And then I'll get I'll get started on the day. But if I've incorporated movement somewhere in that, and if I'm in a hotel room, and it's like push ups or with a band or I go for a run, it's always part of how I start my day, because it it's like it, it's like it just lubricates everything else that's going to happen for the next 18 hours. And what about your spirit or energy? You've already talked about your some times of your meditation practices, moving. But what about those aspects of yourself and also your highly functioning clients? Yeah. So, you know, 
I, I will create space to do that in a reflective uh, work in the morning. So that usually becomes part of that morning routine. I spend 10, 15 minutes before I go to bed doing that reflective work again, just to sort of acknowledge the successes of the day. And that's something that I make a really consistent pattern. You know, for many of my clients, they do similar things. So uh, movement seems to be a common thread, especially amongst my high performers, um, and where they can leverage movement and do multiple things at the same time. Um, that's something that's really key and important to them. I have some who like bring noise canceling earphones, and they turn around at the gym when they used to go to gyms, and they would, uh, they would meditate in the corner of the gym for 15 minutes afterwards. And they're like, I just block it out, but I'm already here. I've created this time and space for myself. I'm, I, I'm not gonna have another 15 minutes in my day. And so, you know, I think one of the common threads amongst all of them is that they're like, I get the intent behind these pieces. I'm going to break all the rules in terms of how I do this right so that I find a way that works for me so that I'm able to execute on it in a consistent manner. And consistency is king, whether it's your health or it's building your business. And that's one of the tenets that we really get people to aim towards is finding whatever habit it is that we're working on, that we're doing it in a consistent manner. I love that consistency is king. And I totally preach that here. Or queen. The, yeah, or go queen on the Rachel Varga podcast and also on my second show, Beauty and the Biohacker podcast, which is really fun. That one's totally your That jam. sounds really fun. Gotta check it out. And yeah, consistency with skincare and and all of that. So when we're starting our day off, we're taking that time before our fit heat our feet hit the floor and we're kind of getting aligned, right? We're doing some type of prayer meditation practice and then we go in our washroom and then we wash your face and then we put our moisturizer on and then you're ideally your mineral based sunscreen, you get ready for the day, bring your best face, fresh face forward. And then also being consistent with your skincare morning and night red light therapy. Same goes for that too. You don't just want to, you know, show up to a studio and get your red light therapy done every two weeks. We want to actually get access to that red light um, daily as about 10 minutes per area is what I've um, been told by Wes from Juve in a really, really lovely interview with him. That was a fun one. Yeah, I did one too. It was great. Yeah. There's so many wonderful gadgets and gizmos out there. You don't need to spend a lot of money in order to optimize your health. Really just first and foremost, cultivating practices, body, mind, spirit, energy. Just got a heart there. That's great. And doing what you can to remain as aligned as possible. Stacking all of those practices and your purpose is such a key part of that. Absolutely. So what's the biggest factor that has helped you be successful? Oh my gosh. I don't know if there's one thing. I think it's like, it's a series. It's a series of events that have certainly led me to where I am uh, right now in a series of influences. I grew up in a, uh, in a really entrepreneurial household and what that did for me really early on was got me comfortable with this notion of rejection and so what my dad and I would do, my parents were divorced, which is he and I, and he, I'd be like, oh, business idea. And he'd be like, great, share it. And then I'd share it. And he's like, that's not going to work at all. But here's why. And so what I realized is nine times out of 10, that the idea is probably not going to work. But if you don't share it and you don't try it and you don't work through it, um, then it's, um, you, you never have the opportunity for the successes to hit the floor. So, you know, there's been a variety of different pieces that have contributed to where I'm at right now. But I think um, getting comfortable 
And normalizing the notion of failure was probably, if we're going to call it the biggest, uh, it's probably one of them. I'm not, I'm not that person who's going to be like my biggest fear in the world is failure. Um, because I realize it's like, you just kind of bounce, like you just, we just keep going. Um, and so I think when you've had an opportunity to try things and have them not work enough, you, you become desensitized to the pain um, that failure can be. And so I'm not scared to try things. And so I think that's been a massive contributor, whether that we're talking about health, we're talking about business, or we're talking about turning on your camera and getting in front of social media. Um, I'm not, I'm not scared to try that. I love it. And one of the things that I mentioned earlier in the interview is, you know, I was that girl 10 years old playing electric guitar and riding dirt bikes. And I always made it made a point, yeah. even at a very young age, to try new things, to put myself in uncomfortable, you know, stereo, non-stereotypical uh, interactions and activities that weren't necessarily just for girls. And right. I think what that can do is if you have daughters get them doing some things like that. And it just helps to build confidence at a really young age. And I think that's fantastic that you grew up in a household that you weren't afraid to fail or be afraid of failure because you're only going to grow because you'll learn what you did wrong or you'll learn what didn't work. And then you'll create another version of that. Totally. And, you know, at the same time as we'd have these discussions, I also have my dad be like, you get 98% of a test. He's like, well, where's the other 2%? And I eventually realized he was joking, but for a long time, I didn't know he was. And I was also like, I can only do what I can do. Right. And so um, I, I think it's just a huge part of it. Right. When we step back and we're like, I can only do what I can do, but I'll, I'm willing to reach way out here. Uh, you can actually do really incredible things. Definitely not be afraid to try new things. By the way, it creates new neural pathways and is pretty awesome for your brain. <laughs> Biohacking at its best. Right. What's your top anti-aging tip? Oh, gosh. It's so funny because before we started this, I was like, anti-aging, that's the one thing that I'm, you know, I focus on with respect to my skin. But, um, I, you know, I think for me, I, of course, I'm going to have to say this, it's on brand, would be to work on discovering your purpose. We know that tangibly it helps people live longer, but, you know, in supporting your purpose. And when I get going with these people who are like, I'm living the dream, I'm doing my thing, I'll sleep when I die. I'm like, yeah. You can't show up for your purpose if you are not restoring. So while I, I really do believe engaging in a path where we are in pursuit of purpose, we're in pursuit of the self-worth that gives us space to be able to pursue that. Um, I also feel really strongly um, that we need to respect restoration in that pursuit of any of the things that we are doing. So I would say in a really tangible perspective, I would say sleep. As Wonderful. I drink my lemon water. I communicate it. three things at once. I was actually doing my vision board yesterday with my husband and I took a clipping out from a magazine to put it on my board and sleep is regeneration. We need that. Yeah, 100%. And the other uh, thing that I think you mentioned that you really hit the nail on the head for, for aging well is to be consistent with everything. It's not about living healthily once a month or once a week. It's literally every single day. And Dr. Megan Walker and I, we are here to keep you on the straight and narrow. And we practice what we preach. We do the best we can to stay on the straight and narrow ourselves and come to you in a way where we are as aligned as possible. And it takes work, doesn't it? It does take work. Yeah. But you know, my daughter the other day, and she just grew up, she just grows up with this. She's like, you're a health nut. And I was like, 
tell me, like, what do you mean by that? Because I was like, it's so fun. I just went to the store. I found this cool new cashew butter. And she, she's just like, most, most people aren't like this. And I was like, it's too bad because this is, this is awesome. And it's kind of fun and it's self-acknowledging and, um, and it's so key and amazing for her to see those things happening um, at the same time. And so, you know, I think that sometimes health gets thrown in this bucket of it's a to do it's on the to do list. And when you make it fun and enjoyable and integrated into your uh, integrated into your life in a really successful way, it's not one more thing to do. It's it's just how you are. It's not a diet you're on right now. It's not a phase or a fad. It truly is this habit stacking. You're just like, oh, here's one more awesome thing. And here's one more awesome thing. And I feel so good. So, if, you know, to anybody listening, if health feels like a chore to you, I want you to know you're probably picking up the wrong resource. And so there's probably a different place that we can start with respect to this journey. Don't start with keto. Like that's that's really hard and a lot of work. That's an advanced maneuver. Start with something really simple and and really easy that you can sink your teeth into where you're going to feel successful and build out from there. But health, it shouldn't feel like a chore for us to be healthy. It actually should be our natural state and our natural inclination. Mm -hmm. I had JJ Virgin on the show a little while ago, and uh, I'm going to have her back on this month too, which is super exciting. And she said something that really stuck with me. She cannot stand the word authentic. It's like when people say, oh, I'm being my authentic self. It's like, what right. a load of hooey. And the the lens that I, what I would like to kind of flip that script with is you will become your truest version when you're most, you're in most aligned state. So for me, I got to get in nature, go totally off grid three hour, hours out of cell phone reception or play yeah. my guitar or read a book. What are some of your favorite things that are free? Yeah. You know what I did over the holidays for the first time, I think ever is I just, I did no work. Zippo. We were, I'm in Ontario right now and we're in lockdown. And so we knew, we heard this was coming and we heard we wouldn't be able to ski. And I was like, I'm stopping work three days early and we're going skiing. We just went outside and we were just in the woods and it was amazing. And then I went, I called my team and I said, are we okay? They're like, we're okay. I'm like, I will talk to you on the fourth. And I, and I took like two full weeks off and it was amazing. And I worked hard to be able to create that space, but it actually didn't cost me anything to build the systems and have the people in place and trust them to do their jobs. It took a little bit of planning on my part, um, but it was incredible. And so, you know, I would really encourage people to do that. And even when I'm coaching people with respect to work in their business, I'm like, where are your free days to use strategic coach language? Where are your days off during the week in this quarter where you just get to go and do deep restorative work, where you get to explore ideas and you're not compelled by a to-do list, but you've given yourself permission to just to just step back and, and see what happens. And so it, it doesn't cost us anything. It requires planning and it requires a little bit of self-discipline. Um, but I think actually just creating, creating space for yourself um, to go and do what you love on a work day, I think that's really powerful stuff. Absolutely. Sometimes in between calls, I'll go out for a little walk outside and get some yeah. nature time in, which is great. But you're not going to hear those niggles, as Rebecca Campbell says. Uh, she's written the books Light is the New Black, Rise, Sister, Rise, Had a Chance to Meet Her. She is a one radiant human. Lovely. But we're not going to be able to hear those cues 
as to what is going to be some of the best things for us to do to be healthy and age and possibly well. And one of the things I keep hearing is no alcohol. And I do not drink a lot by any means, but since when is alcohol good for anybody? Yeah. It's the one area where it's like, I just can't find the study that says, um, and that, that line of resveratrol being good for you is such a line from the wine industry. We both know Todd white from dry farm wines. I'm pretty sure you've interviewed him as well. And there's like 70 ingredients that don't have to be listed in your wine on the back of the label, all these flavoring agents, you know, chemicals that are added. It's funny. I said to my husband this evening, um, I was like, I feel really good not having alcohol in my system. Like, I just, I just feel really good. Um, and it's an interesting time. And, and I, I, you know, notwithstanding the fact that alcohol is a, a tricky, it's a tricky subject. And I am not in any, listen, I, I really enjoy a glass of wine. I just haven't happened to have any for the last few weeks. Um, and I feel really, I feel really amazing in that decision. And I think part of it is, again, we're back to the Columbia Records. You got to listen to what's feeling really good in your body and not engaging in the things that are around you. And so the other day I was like, it's been a day. I just want to pour something into a wine glass and have the ritual of my kids leaving me alone because I'm just having a moment. So I, I poured one night, I poured Perrier into a wine glass. And I was like, I'm just going to have this like end of day ritual, just like I would with my coffee in the morning. And another day I grabbed a get groovy and alcohol free wine. And I was like, this is kind of fun, right? Like there's a ritual to how we consume food or we consume drinks that makes us think we're being social and all these things. And I actually think that those are really valuable things with respect to health, but you can have all of that without the detrimental impact of alcohol. And I really encourage people to try it because you might think that it's the actual alcohol that you're loving, but I suspect part of it is actually just the ritual of what that represents to you. And so pick a new substance. Just try it. Yeah, try like a locally made kombucha. Support local small businesses as much as you guys can right now. Yeah. And yeah, I I think it would be really funny for you and my husband to go to Whole Foods because when you mentioned (laughs) that you came back with this, you know, what was it? You brought back this new... Yeah, yeah, it's got it's called by Get Groovy and it's a it's a sparkling rose, alcohol free rose. That's fun. Um, yeah. but the one that your daughter was kind of like, Oh shoot, that's oh that's my that's my coffee maple cashew butter. Ooh. And it is it is unreal. It's oh, that sounds nice. delicious. Yeah, I actually um started using a a new collagen. It's actually has Health Canada approval for many different skin benefits, reducing skin inflammation, like actually Health Canada approval and studies to back up their claims, which is a big freaking deal. If you want to learn more about that, send me an email info at rachelvarka.ca. But the coconut flavor, I've been using the unflavored and I just Mm. added the coconut one to my coffee and it was like, oh, it's such a treat. Sometimes it's fun to like mix up your beverages a bit. Totally. I know I had a big thing of, I had a big thing of collagen in my coffee this morning. And then I put some brown buttered ghee in there and it was a little dab of butterscotch stevia. It was, it was divine. It was so lovely. Simple pleasures, right? Foods that are good for us. Yeah, exactly. 
So tell us where, where can people find you? How can people work with you? Tell us all the things. All the things. Um, well, I know we're sharing with everyone our, our guide to finding purpose. So what some of those new steps are. So certainly if you're interested in a little bit more of my work, you can head over there. Um, but I'm, I'm hanging out all the time on, uh, on Instagram. So that's probably the best place that you can find me and it'll direct you accordingly. We're hosting chats and different things on clubhouse and doing all these pieces, but Instagram sort of the, the main hub of where you can, uh, where you can find out more about the work that I'm up to and uh, all the places we're hanging. That's fantastic. And if you're listening, her website, Dr. Megan Walker's website is go.anthropologyperformancelabs.com. And that link is also going to be in the show notes. And I challenge all of you tuning in to actually put limits on your social media apps. So I have limits of an hour of screen time on all of my apps a day. And, um, making sure that I have certain times where I can go on it. Um, Just because there's a lot of other people's reality and distortions kind of being shoved on you when you go on that. So protect your body, mind, spirit, energy as best as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. So you are a wealth of information, Dr. Megan Walker, and I'm sure lots of people are going to reach out to you. And if you have any questions for me, go ahead and book your one-on-one consultation with me at rachelvarga.ca. And I can help you figure out what to do at home or in clinic based on your skin needs. Or you can just send me a direct email info at rachelvarga.ca. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you joining us today here on the live stream on Facebook and YouTube on the Rachel Varga official pages. Be sure to subscribe, hit that bell notification so you know when I go live. And on the podcast, leave me a review and let me know what you would like to learn more about here on the show. Do you have any closing words for us, Dr. Megan Walker? No, you know what? We're at the start of a new year and uh, I would really just encourage everyone, take all the talk of resolutions, take all of these things aside, dig in really deep, find that sense of self-worth and uh, have fun exploring your purpose. Love it. And thanks, Taylor. Taylor says, thank you so much, ladies, as always. Thanks for the info, Rachel. Awesome. So I'm living my purpose, showing up here and sharing some of my favorite people like Megan here on the show with you. And also just a tip, if you're looking for reliable health information, check out summits. I do send out this information on in my newsletter that you can register register for at rachelvarga.ca. Thanks so much, Megan, for joining us today. Such a pleasure.